may start off small, but I don't despise small things. Because at the end, dynamite comes in small packages. <laughs> we're right on the brink of an explosive time. Praise God. Thank God for that. Do you believe that, Pastor? Yes, I do. I mean, things are wrapping up, church. If you can't see what's happening overseas, you can't see what's happening in the news, you need to wake up. See what God is doing, and he's using us. That's not time to hold our head down. Now it's time to look up. Our redemption is drawing nigh. Thank God for that. Praise God. I was just, just real quick and brief. There's times that God's led me in places, and I've wondered, God, what's going on? One time he led me to third shift at Zimmer. I hadn't planned on it. I didn't want to be there. And when I got there, I thought, all right, what's going to take place, Lord? And I had those guys give me a rough time from get-go. I went to my machine, and I stand there just running my machine. And next thing you know, I could tell that there was something different here. And I'm going, what's going on? Next thing you know, by the end of my first shift, that first time I was out there on third shift, they'd done some things to my toolbox. I thought, what is going on here? I stepped into an area that the, it was like a hornet's nest <laughs> and they were going at it with me. And so I guess about after a month, I had two or three of them come and says, you're real. Amen. You may be tested in a short period of time, but hang on. Uh, God will show through you and God will help you. Praise God. Praise God for that. Go to Matthew chapter 16, if you please. I've done a series and I didn't get a chance to finish it. God had led different ways on taking a break. I want to finish that up. We, had, we learned about a breakup. We learned about a breakout. Now we're going to learn about the third break, and that's called a breakthrough. How many is ready for a breakthrough? Yeah. We need a breakthrough. Every single one of us. But Jesus gave a word to Simon Peter, the apostle. Verse 18 of Matthew chapter 16, stand for the reading of God's word and let's declare it. I like this verse. I stand upon it. I take a hold of it. But let's begin reading. Let's read it together, if you would, please, on the count of three. One, two, three. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Aren't you glad that Satan can't keep you back from what God's promised? Aren't you glad that God knows how to give you a breakthrough? Aren't you glad God knows how to turn the situation that looks bleak and, and dismal and bring sunshine in on that? Thank God for that. But go to also, as you remain standing, to 2 Samuel chapter 23. God will never let his church go down. Church is not in a building. They may falter. They may fall apart. Winds and waves may come and do everything they can to a building. But the church is the mighty work of God in individuals. The ecclesia, the called out ones, those that are anointed and appointed for such a time as this. There's a lot of people looking and says, you guys are strange. Why do you love of God? He didn't. Because he's transformed his changes. Give us a new life. And we want the same for you. We want you to go to heaven with us. Yes. The enemy tries to keep that back. But before we read the story 
that just two verses, verses 15 and 16, so get ready. We see that David had gone through a time had gone through a time that he had been chased with uh, Saul, chased from the country he loved so much, Israel. Had been in a place that he'd been battling not only his own country, but the Palestinians have been in control of some areas of Israel. And he was wore out, dry. How many has ever been in those dry seasons? When it seemed like you can't feel God, it seemed like everything's dry around you, you, you can't feel the presence of the Lord, you can't feel uh, that rain that you really need to make things grow. God, what's going on? But let's read, and this is some of the last words that David was speaking of some situations that happened in his life. Verse 15, and David said with, a, with longing, oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink, but poured it out to the Lord. Now, these men that love David, and they would do anything for David, even die for him. Then all of a sudden, he, he was just talking in his times when sometimes you just get talking. Sometimes out of your heart, you long for something that you miss, that you need, that you long for, you desire. And these men heard and they went and they bring it to him. He says, oh, wait a minute. You was willing to give your blood. I'm not worthy to drink what you brought. So he poured it out unto the Lord God, you drink. There's times you go through things and David was longing. There's times your heart is aching. You need something. But how many know sometimes the enemy tries to keep it back from you? Because the Bible says they went through the gate. How many knows that Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail? Amen. Sometimes you look at it and says, God, there's a gate. Sometimes you need to break through the gate that is before you. I said, wait a minute. My answer is right over there. The thing I'm longing for, the enemy's trying to keep from me. Wait a minute. It's not going to happen. Three broke through. You know what they were looking for? You know what he was looking for? Something to quench his thirst. He was in a dry spell in his life. Breakthrough brought fresh water. Touch your neighbor says, it's time for fresh water. And you may be seated. See, David was weary, dry. He wanted to be refreshed. How many's ever gone to a church and you're dry and, and you seem like you've been going through some issues and your emotions are up and down? You know which way to go. You face things during the week. You face things with your family, with work, with the bills, whatever it may be. You're going through a time. You just need a refreshing. David knew where it was at. He says, oh, just on the other side, that's where the fresh water is. Just on the other side, that's where bread is. Because Bethlehem means house of bread. That's where Jesus was. The breakthrough that he's talking about, because when you face difficulties, you face areas, you got to break through the enemy's lines. It's like going into a, um, a time when two opposing teams on a, Sports activity, as say football, for example, or rugby, or whatever you may be. <clears throat> I hear rugby all the time because my boss is a rugby coach. 
And he says, oh, my team is coming against them. He calls it a ruck. They get down and here's the ball. Their objective is to get the ball and get to the other side. The team that is opposing them is trying to stop them. Can I put this into perspective? The enemy is trying to stop you from getting where God wants you to be. Let me say amen on that one. The enemy is trying to tell you, you can't make it. But there was three mighty men that was with David's camp that chose to say, we're going to break through the lines. We're going to get to the other side. The enemy is trying to keep back what our commander is wanting and needing. Matter of fact, we want to get to that. Can I give you something? And let me put it from perspective from the scriptures, the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost broke through the enemy's lines. When Jesus came to this earth, he broke through the enemy's lines. One of the first things he did started healing people. The other thing he did, cast out evil spirits that had control. He broke through the enemy's lines. When he went to the cross and he died, he broke through the enemy's lines. When he went to the grave and he was in the grave, he broke out of the grave. He says, I'm breaking through the enemy's lines. I've got victory, church. A breakthrough is in your life. This year, I'm declaring this is not only a year of witness. You're going to see breakthroughs in many lives and many hearts. Thank God. Hmm. I like what you said. I'm claiming it. This year, I'm claiming it. We got a, an image Friday, and I was going home, and I had tears in my eyes. Because I'm telling you, you think that the pastor don't face difficulties. You don't think that we don't see things. God, I've got two boys away from the ark of safety. God, I've got two boys that's been out in sin. God, you see, and I've been crying out and crying out. Then also my daughter comes and says, I've got a special thing I want you to see. She brought me a picture of an image of Esther, <laughs> my granddaughter. I've been praying, says, God, that's my Godly granddaughter. The last picture they took, she was in that womb. She took her hands, went like this, like she's praying. I said, God, you're letting her pray in the womb. Thank God. See, God knows how to bring the right things at the right time. God knows how to bring some encouragement. I'm telling you, it's not over yet, church. There's some breakthroughs coming for you. There's some breakthroughs that God's going to bring. He's breaking through the lines. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And the enemy may be howling, but he can only howl for so long. We're getting ready to break through. He can't stop the church. He can't stop the church. He can't stop you because you're the church. Glory to God. See, I can see family members that have been held captive coming in. Some of you just got phone calls last week said, hey, is it okay if I come to church? Yes, it's okay to come to church. Some have been battling some areas in their lives and God wants to give them a breakthrough and God may use you to give them a breakthrough. See, I can see this community we have in our areas where the enemy seems to have it captive. God has called us to, to set the captives free, church. The message we have of the gospel is not just good news, but it's a message to restore back and to set the captives that's being bound by so many issues to freedom. Amen. 
God's called us to freedom, church. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. If we're free, we can see everybody else be free. Glory to God. See, last year was great. I thought God done some mighty and wonderful things. But this year's really starting off on a good tone. Our, our Sunday nights, we've been meeting and, and praying and seeking God. It's working, church. Amen. We're seeing some breakthroughs in lives and hearts. God's dealing with those around us. Let's right. get ready. Breakthrough into fresh water. That's what David was wanting. I want a drink. And the only thing that's going to quench me, only thing that's going to quench my thirst is if I get to the well that's on the other side of the gate. See, the enemy has tried his best to keep the goodness of God from his children. This year, I truly believe that we're going to see fresh water come. I truly believe that this year, we're going to see a life-giving strength come from God. I believe God is going to, because when water flows, it cleanses. And it's going to wash away the things of filth that has been around us. And God's going to bring a cleansing to the areas we're at. One thing I see over the years, some churches are memory driven. We used to have that. We used to see that. But this church is not a memory driven church. We're not like a lot of others. We're visionaries. I see God doing things. If you don't need my glasses, let me give them to you. <laughs> I see God. Maybe bring my binoculars in. I can see down the distance. God is on the move. God is coming with blessings. God broke through a long time ago. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost came through and broke through the lines of the enemy. The enemy's trying to deceive so many. Say, wait a minute. It's not done. I beg your pardon. When God said through Jesus Christ, it is finished, that means he broke through the lines. No longer will you keep the children bound. Thank God sin no longer has to keep people bound anymore. Thank God for the freedom that I feel in my heart. So I see these things happening. Last year was great, but I believe greater things is coming. God is calling us to greater things. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus said, you shall do greater. Say greater. Greater. Greater things. There was an experiment at one of the universities in our nation. How so profound sometimes they do some things. I'm going, where are you coming from? Sometimes our government puts money in to certain things. It says, you're putting millions of dollars to study. What? That's a waste of money. But one of the studies they did, they want to experiment fleas. And these fleas, they stuck in a jar. And you know what fleas do? How many of are flea, fleas? They jump. They like to jump. What, you know what they did? They just didn't put them in a jar. They put a lid on it. You know what they did? Let's see what the fleas will do. Didn't cost so much because he just set the jar right there and there it was. Fleas kept jumping. The higher they jumped, they couldn't go any further than the lid. This went on for a, a while. Then they said, let's see what the experiment is and see what happens if we take the lid off. They took the lid off. And they stood there, these smart guys, sitting around watching this jar of fleas. Sitting there, those fleas would jump. And you know what happened? They was amazed. Those fleas could have jumped out of the jar. But you know what? They jumped only so high. Kept jumping only so high. Kept jumping only so high. They had been conditioned. 
And you know what the enemy likes to do is condition us. Well, it ain't going to happen for you. Things are not going to happen for you. But can I tell you, God is taking the lid off. God has removed the lid. What the enemy has been trying to keep us says, you've only been going this far. You know what? I believe God is wanting us to go higher than we've ever gone before. Doing things we've ever done before. See, God wants to take you. See, but so many people's got this flea mentality. I can only go so far. They've tried it and tried it and tried it. I'm never going. But God says, if you try it again, look what happened. You may be surprised to see what God's going to do. God wants to go take you higher. God wants you to have a breakthrough. God wants to give you a breakthrough. Time for a break. The last part, we had to break up. You had to break up with some things. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it's hard to let go of something you're so close to, whether it's friends or, or a career or, or whatever it may be. Sometimes it's hard to break up. But then... You have a breakout because God comes in on the scene and gives you a breakout. And then all of a sudden you start moving in the presence of the Lord. And the God says, now there's been things that's been holding you back. Cause I'm going to give you a breakthrough. And I believe this year, God's going to give some of those that have been in that place where that they've been feeling bound and said, I've tried it and tried it and tried it. And God says, I'm taking the lid off. I want you to go higher. I want you to go to new levels. I want you to go to places you've never gone before and do things you've never done before. And that requires you to go where you've never gone before. That requires you to do something. Wait a minute, we've tried it. It's not going to do it. Then try it again and see what God will do. I want you to look at somebody and says, it can be done. You know what it reminds me of? And I said this not too long ago in the series. Says, There's canners in the church. Can God or God can? <laughs> Which one are you? Huh, can I tell you who I is? God can. God can. Come on, say that with me. God can. God can. Don't be a questioner. Can God? Because that brings up doubt. That's what the enemy will try to do. You know what the enemy does more than anything? Puts a, try to put a wedge between you and God between you and his word. Is his word true? And so he tries to put a wedge. Now, faith is not really faith until it's tested. Until your faith becomes tested, then you really don't know what kind of faith you got. So sometimes you're going to go through those tests and sometimes you're going to feel alone. You're going to feel, God, where you're at. And sometimes the silence of the lamb gets to you. Sometimes if you don't watch it, God, keep talking to me because we are on feelings. But faith says, I trust God no matter what. That last song we done, no matter what. God, if you don't move the mountains, God, if you don't part the seas, I'm going to trust in you. One thing, do not let your circumstances name your future, though. There was a lady that she looked at what take, had taken place. The Ark of the Covenant was taken away by the enemy. The Ark was attributed to the glory of God. And all of a sudden, now the glory is gone. And she named her child as she was giving birth, as she seen that going, Ichabod. The glory has departed. Can you imagine being named Ichabod going around so the glory of God has departed? Everybody has seen you says, you have no glory of God. And that's what the devil's trying to tell you. I've taken everything. Wait a minute. No, you ain't. 
because we just now crossing over the gates and we're going to get what God says belongs to us. See, I think we need to speak what the word says. See, God's not over here, but the Bible says Emmanuel. Say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What does that mean? Oh, I'm glad you said, what does that mean? Say that again. Do you believe that? You believe God is with you? No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's happening around you, no matter if everything's falling apart, God is with you. I like what Job said, my redeemer lives. He is with me, walking with me. His presence is around me. I know that I know. I don't have to feel the goosebumps every moment. I know he's with me. I'm sitting in my workplace. I know he's with me. I'm at home. I know he's with me. I'm driving down the road. I know he's with me. Amen. There's many times I'm driving down the road. says, God, just take over. But I know that wouldn't be wise. So I better take over again in this regard. Just help me and lead me and guide me. That's all he wants to do. See, the breakthrough is going through the gates. The enemy puts these blockades in front of you and he tries to keep you from moving to where God wants you to be. That's the reason why the three took it upon themselves. We're going to go and take what our chief wants, what our commander wants. Jesus did say, didn't he? The gates of hell. Well, what? Not prevail. I want to encourage you this morning. Breakthroughs are coming. You just look, but when you come to church, don't just sit on your seat. Testify about it. I like what Brother Dwayne did a few weeks ago. He had a breakthrough come to his life, a burden that was on him, something that was weighing him down. And all of a sudden, God brought a breakthrough, but not just a breakthrough, it was an abundance, wasn't it, brother? God knew what he was doing, and that's what God wants to do for you. But Satan is wanting to bring a breakthrough too. And he wants to have a breakthrough. Matthew 6, verse 19 says, lay up treasures in heaven. Matter of fact, it says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I want you to note the word thieves. How many know Satan is a thief? Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's a thief. John 10, 10 says that and declares that. Satan wants a breakthrough in your life. He wants to have a breakthrough because he's a thief. I want to take what really doesn't belong to him, but belongs to the children of God. Blessings belong to the children of God, not to Satan. That belongs to me. You need to start stepping on the word and claiming what God says belongs to me. Healing belongs to the children. How many healed this morning? Declare it. Thank you, brother. Come on, declare it. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. But here's the thing that the enemy uses. See, when we take and we look at treasure more than we look at God. We take the treasure that God gives us, the blessing that God gives us, and we look at it more than we do God. That's a breakthrough for the enemy. I've got them. They're looking at this more than they're looking at God. The blessings flow from God. Not because you got things and money and, and cars and, and, and a career and things of this, but it all comes from God. 
Lay up treasures. We should be laying up treasures more in heaven than we do the earth. But far too many people lay it up on the earth. And one day you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to give an account for the things you've done in your life. And all of a sudden they don't mean nothing because you have nothing to offer. You may enter in, but nothing to offer. I like what Revelation 22 says. He's coming quickly, but he's coming with a reward. That's the reason why I work is like I do. That's the reason why I do what I do. Not to amass everything on this earth. It's going to pass away. I'm going to leave it one day. But what can I do to make treasures in heaven? The enemy tries to get you. See, there's people that love pleasure more than they really love God. The enemy just got in. And he made a breakthrough. I'd rather go home and stay home and play my games and stay home and play with my friends, stay home and do this, go do this and that instead of laying up treasures. This life is going to pass away, church. You need to look where your heart's at. That's the key. How am I investing everything I've got? How can I pour into? Again, people ask me, what kind of investments you got, kingdom of God? That's my biggest investment. It's not in stocks. I've got a few, but that doesn't mean nothing. It's only through my 401k. For me, I don't go out and invest in stocks. That, I wouldn't be very good at it. I couldn't judge a lot of those things. I don't have the skill set to do that. But I do know this. If I pour into the kingdom of God, God's going to pour back to me. I can't outgive God. I've seen God keep pouring and pouring and pouring. God wants to take you further than you've ever gone before. You need to make God a priority. Can I hear an amen? amen? Let me conclude with this. God's got a plan. Say, God's got a plan. God wants to give you a breakup of the things that's been holding you back, keeping you in bondage. God's going to give you a breakout. All of a sudden, you find the Spirit of God moving on your life, and you're going to have a breakout, and all of a sudden, you're doing things you never thought you'd do before. I never thought I'd be preaching. I never thought I'd be in church. I never, I never had no inkling when I was a young boy. But now, look what God has He changed my life. He gave me something that I want to chase after and go after. I'm a God chaser. How about you? Amen. God's got a plan. But He also wants to give you a breakthrough. He wants you to know that, yeah, sometimes you hit those areas and the gates are before you, but it's up to me to go beyond the gates. The gates of hell, they're there. But what am I going to do? I can't get beyond that. Are you letting the enemy keep you from what God says is yours? The devil's got a plan too. He wants to have a breakthrough. But notice he reverses it. He wants to have a breakthrough, anything above God. That's a breakthrough for him. Uh, can you imagine what the demons are doing? Oh, they're not putting God first. Didn't the Bible say seek first the kingdom of God? They say, you know, he wants to have a breakout from God, from church, hit and miss. How many of you know people like that? They go when they feel like it. Church is a very vital, important part of your life. You connect with the body of Christ. Jesus died for the church. That we can have an encouragement. That we can connect and, and be part of the supply of what the church needs. We're a joint that reaches out. If your hand says, I'm not going to do that anymore. Says, I'm not going to feed you no more. You're going to starve to death. That's a joint. And the joints are in those hands and the fingers and it feeds you. We need each other, church. Amen. Let me hear an amen on that one. Amen. We need you. The enemy tries to keep you from doing that. 
Then he wants to give you a breakup. How many, how many homes do you know are breaking up? Families are falling apart. People are falling apart. Committing suicide around in our area. Something that really amazes me is that when I see people that are getting involved in things and they says, well, I'm strong enough, I can get off of it. Like drugs, for example, or alcohol, I can get off of it. That's the trick of the enemy. Say, wait a minute, for me, I'm not strong enough. For me, I run for those things. I don't get as close to the edge as I can. I run from the edge. That's what we as a church need to do. Run from sin. Run from those things that keeps you. But the enemy tries to keep you. And he's breaking up homes, breaking up lives, breaking up those areas of communities. Chicago is one of the worst messes we have in our nation today. They're, they're right now, they almost have 300 killings this, this, this year. That's a breakup of spiritual things. The enemy has moved in our community and set up a, a little bit of house, but that thing's ready to collapse. Give me a, I'm telling you right now, there's a breakthrough God's bringing. Yeah. I'm declaring it right now. We ain't sitting by idly. We're moving forward, church. Yeah. Glory to God. How many's thinking God that he's getting ready to break down the walls that he may try to put up? Yeah. Praise God. Let me put it this way, and I'm going to cross the line. If you don't have more treasure in heaven, then what do you have? You're giving a devil a breakthrough. Sow into the kingdom of God. Put into the kingdom of God, not just financially. How many's got talents? Every one of you got talents. You can give of your talent, your time, your treasure. Those three things say, God, they belong to you. They don't belong to anybody else. They belong to God. Let me go to the next step, though. Jesus takes breaks, too. I like him taking breaks. He says, it's time to take a break. You know what he did? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he took a break up. Not my will, not my will, but thy will be done. He was breaking up. God, if this cup can pass from me, let it, but not my will. He was breaking up from the things of himself. Aren't you glad he did? Amen. That's the starting point right there. He had a breakout. They put him in a tomb and thought, we've got him sealed. They put a seal over it. They rolled a stone in front of it, put guards around it. You can't keep the son of God down. You can't keep him behind those walls of death. You know what he did? He rose up and went through. He came out. Aren't you glad that he had a broke out? He broke out of that tomb. He had a break up, but he had a break out. He broke out of what many were fearing. If I died, that's it. No. Jesus said, the sting of death is now gone. I can be in heaven now if I die. That's a win-win situation. You know what else he did? He had a breakthrough because he's come for you to give you a breakthrough, to give you something that you can look forward to. I am going to make it. Say, I'm going to make it. Make it. Make it. See, we, he's given us his name. That brings a breakthrough. Every time you speak his name, it not only brings peace, but it brings heaven in alignment with you. Every time you speak the name of Jesus, heaven's got to look and acknowledge what you're saying. Heaven's got to line up because you know why? He's got all authority for one. Then he paid a debt that we can 
have a right to everything heaven has to offer. That's the reason why anymore when God started teaching me and showing me in my prayers, I don't pray from earth to heaven. I pray from heaven to earth. God, this is what you're saying about the situation. I'm speaking over the situation. I'm speaking in the very atmosphere of my family. My boys will come in. My family will know the Lord. Esther will keep praying. She's one of my prayer warriors. She's going to serve the Lord. She's going to speak for the Lord. She's going to lead others to the Lord. If nothing else, Grandma and Grandpa on the other side is going to come in. I can see them coming in and serving the Lord. God is going to use our children, church. God is going to use us as a church that to touch the community. That's a breakthrough. See, the power of the name of Jesus gives us a breakthrough from addiction, from things of sin, of the old life. Thank God for that. But it also gives us a breakthrough in abundant life. Aren't you glad for an abundant living? It gives us a breakthrough of forgiveness. How many is thankful he forgave you? And if you forgive me, he can forgive anybody. <laughs> Trust me, I was a sinful person just like anybody else. I had desires and things after the flesh, wanting to satisfy the appetites of this flesh. But when God saved me, he turned me around. You know what? He gave me a breakthrough in freedom. I never thought I had so much freedom until I come to know the Lord. Then he gave me a promise of heaven. That's a breakthrough. That's something we can be acknowledging. Jesus said, told his disciples, don't rejoice because the demons are uh, yielding to you because you, you think you just got power. But rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a breakthrough. That's something that can bring satisfaction. You know, Paul and Silas had a breakthrough. They were, they broke into prison. They had a breakout in prison, though. Because they had a breakup eventually. You know what they did? They started singing praises to God. But he's in that prison. And some of you feel like you're in a prison. You feel like you're dead. You feel like you have no emotion. You feel like nothing. God, I've gone through this and you feel like you're in a prison. I'm telling you right now, if you start singing the praises of God, you're going to have a breakout. I can just hear them. I don't know what they sang. But me, I would say, glory, glory. Hallelujah. When I lay my burdens down. I can imagine they was chained up in the deepest part of prison. And all of a sudden, God says, ah, we got to break them out. They had a prison break. Oh, thank you, Lord. And you're going to have a prison break too. They had a prison break. And what happened? Chains fell off. Doors came open. Earthquake happened. Then they had a breakthrough. They had a revival in the jail cell. You know what happened? The jailer come in, going to take his life. All of a sudden, he hears a voice. Don't do yourself any harm. That's like a Christian. We're beat up, been put in prison, had been whipped, and all of a sudden they just want the best for everybody. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. Do you? I don't care what they've done. I don't care what they have been in their lives. God wants to restore. God wants to bring back relationship. God loves humanity. We've got to do. We've got to look and say, God, bring them in. If they come in, they don't look and act like us. They don't smell like us. Love them anyway. <laughs> Let them come in. They may be tatted. What do they call that? Tatted? 
They've got body piercings. They look at us and look different than us. Love them anyway. That's what God's desiring for us. You know what Paul did? Told the jailer, don't do yourself no harm. The jailer went and got a lamp. He says, we're all here. We have not left. We could. That's what gets the enemy. You could get out of here, but no, God's got a purpose and plan for you. And revival broke out. The Bible says he took them home. They got saved. He got saved. His family got saved. Revival hit that community. Turn that community around, upside down. Guess what God wants to give you? A breakthrough. Touch your neighbor and say, this time for a breakthrough. In 1968, in the Olympics, there was a man called Fosbury. Matter of fact, they named what he did in the Olympics the Fosbury Flop. He was a high jumper. Up until that point, the high jump was about six feet. That's all the further they could go. That was about the highest. But the way they'd done it, was that they would take their legs over first. And that's as far as they could get. He started studying this. He said, I'm going to change things up. And sometimes God maybe want to change, wants you to change things up. Because he said, there's a breakthrough coming. You're looking and observing. He says, you know what? What if I take my head over first? What if I turn backwards? Sometimes God wants to turn you backwards. You're thinking, God, this is not going to compute. But you know what he did? He set new heights. Let that sink in. And what he did, he went to over seven feet, a high jump. And they called it the Fosbury flop. Because when he did, he won in 1968 and he set the mark and the bar higher for everybody else. A reporter asked him, says, why did you do this? Why did you change things up? You know what his response was? He said, if I can get my heart over first, the rest will follow. If you can get your heart in the things of God, in what God has, the rest will follow. Some, some people, even in this church, they've got a flea mentality. It's always been like that. It'll never happen for me. Then you'll be bound like that and you'll have the lid on you. But God says, let me take the lid off. Let me let you go higher and get rid of the flea mentality and jump as far as God will let you jump. Higher at levels. The Fosbury flop. Quit looking at things like they was, like they used to be. Well, everybody else is doing like this. Everybody else is going that way. Everybody else is heading that direction. You know what? I'm not. God's called me to be a visionary. I see it. You know what a visionary does? Don't just see in this way. He can see widely. You know what God's seeing? He sees the whole world. He sees the whole world. I see God doing some mighty and wonderful things. I've declared it on people's lives and people look at me and says, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the individual I've lived with. You don't know the individual I hang around. You don't know what's going on in my life. I beg your pardon, then you don't know my God. Yeah. 
I know my God can turn their lives around. I know my God can save them. I know my God can set the people free that has been bound with things of this world, things of sin. God can set them free. And all of a sudden, they become the greatest witness. And all of a sudden, we get people pouring in here saying, wait a minute, what's happening? Because God changed this life. God wants to change others. Jesus had a breakout. But he wants you to have a breakout. Don't be set in, in those things. As David longed for, though, the key was longing. David longed. He was thirsty. He was in a dry place. God, I need to be filled. If I can just get to that place where the well is, I can get my thirst quenched. Don't be a can God. Be a God can. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, all the building. Touch your neighbor says it's time for a breakthrough.